Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, I used to say the weeks got, got crazier and crazier under Donald Trump. They're getting crazier and crazier now under a more responsible government, except for a few people like all the Republicans, uh, Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. Uh, I don't like Joe Manchin, and I don't like Kristen Cinema. I think the both of them are hurting this country. They're hurting Biden's uh, plans for how to govern. They should back their leader. Everything he wants to do isn't bad. I don't know where the hell Joe Manchin comes. Every day he's got something he doesn't like. Did you notice? He never takes care of it all at one time. Every day he comes up with something new. And they're kissing his butt. Uh, they've got to. They need his vote and cinema's vote to get anything passed. It's an absolute disgrace. Uh, someday he'll get his. Uh, he stepped on too many people. And uh, even though he's going to be one of the older ones in the Senate, uh, they're going to be laying for him. So that's simple. And the cinema, too. Uh, so that being the case, where are we going tonight? we got a good show. Well, we're not going to very many places tonight, though. We're going to Washington, D.C., Key West, and Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Okay, I want to start with Bess Levin. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Bess Levin. She is a writer for Vanity Fair. She writes an article once a week for Vanity Fair. She is an, an, an investigative reporter. Her writing is terrific. She calls it as she sees it. No fooling around. And she, her language between the eyes, okay? Uh, she wrote an article on October 20th, just this past week, uh, and it was titled, this is a great title, and it had to do with the Republicans who would not permit a debate, a de- <clears throat> excuse me, a debate on the voting bill. Not even a, a debate, forget a vote. Anyhow, she titled her article, and I quote, Senate Republicans kick democracy in the balls. I repeat, Senate Republicans, this is in Vanity Fair, a title, kick democracy in the balls while it's doubled over coughing up blood. Senate Republicans kick democracy in the balls while it's doubled over coughing up blood. Uh, she also wrote in the article uh, regarding the Republicans that casting ballots against the voting bill debate, quote, disenfranchised millions of voters and hacked democracy unconscious and knocked I'm sorry knocked democracy unconscious before burying it in a shallow grave. Uh, amazing. This woman writes terrific. You should read her article. She wrote another one also earlier in October and this one has to do with the House January 6th Committee, January 6th Committee and Donald Trump. Repeat again, the January 6th Committee uh, that's investigating right now who participated and if any public officials participated, and there are going to be a lot of them, I fear. I'm glad 
catch them, get them, get them, throw them out of government. But anyhow, she wrote an article, and the title of this one was "Trump sends sounds." I'm sorry, Trump sounds pretty panicked about Congress finding out exactly what he was up to on January 6th. We all want to know. I want to know. I'm sure you want to know. I mean, was he just sitting there in that room eating cheeseburgers and drinking diet soda? Uh, or who who was in the room with him? What were the conversations? Who did he call? Uh, let's find out what his participation was. And now we have a war room. Okay, that came up, what, yesterday or Sunday? The Republicans had a war room in the Willard Hotel. Uh, for, they were there for a while, not just one day. And certain people have already been identified in that room. And they were planning January 6th. Uh, let me tell you about the Willard Hotel quickly. Distinguished building. Uh, when I was in Washington about two years ago, I discussed it on this show afterwards and wrote about it. Uh, I stayed across the street from the Willard at a uh, a new hotel. I forget what it was, one of the chains. The Willard, let me tell you, it's been there a long time. It's a beautiful old building. The lobby fits 100 years ago. Uh, the bar was interesting. Round bar, not that big. A lot of people all the time, though. And nobody talked, nobody, I could not create, get involved in the conversation, which is unusual with, for me. Uh, everybody was talking to whoever they were with. Nobody wanted to talk to anybody else. Uh, the interesting thing, give you a little historical background on it. Theodore Roosevelt liked his cigars. And after dinner every night, he wanted to smoke a cigar. His wife would not permit him to smoke a cigar in the White House. The President of the United States could not smoke a cigar in the White House. So he, it was, the Willard Hotel is only a block from the White House. He would walk the one block to the Willard Hotel every night, sit in the lobby, and smoke a cigar. Anyhow, uh, Bess wrote uh, in there, I told you that uh, Trump is pretty panicked about uh, Congress finding out exactly what he was up to on the 16th. And she had some interesting quotes in that article. You've got to read this lady, Bess Levin, in, uh, in Vanity Fair. And one of her quotes was, he's fighting the House Select Committee like a guy with an incredible amount of to hide with a man with an incredible amount, I'm sorry, to hide. Another one, he's al he already looks like a guy who tried to overthrow the government because his parents never hugged him as a child. I love it. He already looks like a guy who tried to overthrow the government because his parents never hugged him as a child. And the final one I made note of was, instead of letting... The investigation unfold like an innocent person uh, with nothing to hide would. Trump has sicked, I haven't seen that word in a long time, S-I-C-C-E-D, has sicked his lawyers on the government. He sued the committee, as you recall. Which now brings me to 
what does it bring? Uh, the House Committee and Steve Bannon. The House Committee this past week held uh, Bannon in contempt. He refuses to honor the subpoena. He failed to show up uh, last week. And he had said beforehand, I'm not going to show up. I hate this when people don't respect the law, especially a subpoena. I practiced law for 46 years. Uh, we always honored subpoena. My clients got served with a subpoena. We honored it. That's the way it works. Unless the subpoena was overly broad or as a matter of law they wanted something they weren't entitled to, you honored it. Both sides did. Because if you didn't, the judge would bury you. I mean, he would hold your, the lawyers in contempt for failing to obey a subpoena. You didn't screw around. You didn't delay things. That's the way law was practiced in federal court and state court in the 46 years I practiced law. Anyhow, uh, the House Committee held Bannon in criminal contempt. By a vote of 229 to 202, nine Republicans crossed over and voted with the Democrats. Now, that should be enough to have him arrested for contempt. But no. See, our federal rules say every year more and more things are added. Washington is plagued with the federal laws and the rules and regulations, which are even worse. And it's, everything's delayed. No wonder Trump got away with murder. Everything he did, he, he was able to delay, delay, delay. It's because the law permits it. We've got to form a committee to spend four or five years studying the federal laws, the rules and regulations, and redo the whole thing. Things move too slow. And this is a perfect example because now the committee held him in contempt, but that doesn't give anyone a right to arrest him because under the law, the House's contempt citation must go to the full House of Representatives. And they have to approve. They have to approve Bannon's... Be, uh, they have to approve the service of the uh, subpoena and the, the vote for citation. Well, they did. Now it has to go to Attorney General... Garrett, and technically has to go to the U.S. Attorney for Washington, D.C., but he is part of the Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney. So this thing automatically goes to the Department of Justice, which means it's in Garlic, Merrick Garland's hands right now. Now, how long is Garland going to sit on this thing? Uh, and this brings me to an issue I raised when Garland was nominated. I've talked about it on the show a couple of times. I've written about it a couple of times also in my daily blog. Uh, I am sure Garland, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, is a very honest man. I'm sure he's devoted to the law. He's dedicated to the law. He understands the law. He was a federal district court judge. Okay. For, or he, I'm sorry. He was a federal judge sitting in Washington for 20 years. 20 years, more than 20 years before he was appointed. Uh, my problem is, because I know judges, I know prosecutors, I, work, I had to work against these people or with them, depending on the case, for my whole career. And I don't know, and I've said, I said this when Garland was nominated, whether he, having been a judge so long, okay, can be a prosecutor. 
Can he change horses in midstream, so to speak? Can his mind, his working mind, the machinery in his head, switch over to being a prosecutor as opposed to a judge? Because a judge is very meticulous. He makes sure every T is crossed, every I is dotted. Uh, and he wants in making a decision. If he has 100 points that have to be established, if he's going to render a decision as a judge, he has to have 100 points. Whereas a prosecutor, you know, no case is perfect. You don't have everything in every case. And if a prosecutor needs, there should be 100 points, he's got 75, he'll still indict. Uh, because that's enough to indict. Uh, whereas a judge won't. I'm worried what Merrick Garland is going to do with this thing. I don't know. I worry. Not only do I worry, what is he going to do? Because I fear he isn't going to. He may not uh, take the matter before a grand jury. That's his decision. If he doesn't, then the thing dies. Now, when does he make up his mind? Everything moves slow in Washington. He got this. Case, I think he got it Friday night. He's got it. His people knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. I'm sure he had staff working on the issues already before it got there, many days before. How long is he going to sit on it? It should take him all the 24 hours to get out paperwork, maybe 48 hours on this. It's a simple issue because the committee had, I don't know how many pages they sent to the House, now sent them over to uh, Merrick Garland. Uh, he's got what's going on in this case. It's all laid out for him. He could take it before a grand jury now. If he sits on this thing too long, I was right. He's, he, he just doesn't belong in that job. Uh, got to move this week to indict, move to hold in contempt, rather, Steve Bannon, because otherwise every other subpoena that will be served in the future by this committee will be ignored. The people will gamble that Garland will not indict them because he didn't present the thing to the grand jury when he was uh, being held, hopefully, in criminal contempt by the committee in the House of Representatives. Uh, you don't sit on your butt. He's going to sit on his butt if he goes beyond this week. And I will have been right, and I hope I am not right. That simple. Uh, all right. Now, we're going to go to Steve Bannon again. He's the man of the hour. You have to know Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, because people are of a different mentality. Not everyone is of the same mentality. We have all met people who don't think alike. I mean, their, their thought process is diametrically opposed to what you're thinking, but it's also something that's wrong, maybe evil, and there are people like this in this world. We all run into one or two of them. Uh, Steve Bannon, when he went in with Trump at the beginning of Trump's uh, presidency, he was part of his staff in the White House, we all knew it was written up. Uh, that his goal in life is to bring down established governments. He wants to turn them into authoritarian governments. He wants to bring down republics. He wants to bring down democracies. Uh, 
and that's still his goal. I mean, this is what he did before when he he, he ran a newspaper, Breitbart or something. Uh, also, after he and Trump had a falling out, uh, Bannon didn't have a job, but he found a place to go because there's always dissidents, and he went to the Vatican. Appreciate, because I've talked about this and written about it in the past. Not all the cardinals and bishops like Pope Francis. Half of them want to get rid of him because they're conservatives and he's liberal. It's the same thing that's going on in this country and all over the world in various countries today. And he had an office, <laughs> excuse me, in the Vatican. And he shared that office with Newt Gingrich, who's another nut. Uh, and Gingrich was in there working against Pope Francis. And it was so interesting. The reason Gingrich had an easy road getting into the uh, Vatican, because Trump appointed, this is funny, he appointed Newt Gingrich's wife as ambassador to the Vatican. So this made Gingrich a big shot over there. His wife was the U.S. ambassador. Absolutely amazing, all these things. Well, Steve Bannon said yesterday, he suggested, I'm going to put it that way, that Merrick Garland the, and the FBI are involved in a coup, in a coup, a plot to oust Trump. Because you got to remember, Bannon assumes that at some point, like all dedicated Trump followers, that it's going to be established that the that the, the election was a fraud. Uh, Trump got screwed, and Biden he has to replace Biden and finish out the term, and that's what he believes. So this is all part of the coup to carry that thing out that Trump keeps talking about every day. It seems since he lost the election. All right, let's talk about the booster shot. Uh, I got my booster shot Saturday. Uh, I'm happy I got it. Uh, I, I believe the shots will help. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not one to gamble when it comes to health. I will listen to the professionals, not the the incidental doctor or scientist Trump came up with, who had no part in the investigation over several months or working in the labs to determine whether these vaccines were going to be good. I'll take the word of the government people. Uh, well, I got the shot on Saturday. Understand when I got my two shots, I got sick after the second shot. I was nauseous for two days. I was nauseous. My primary care physician said, no problem. In fact, he said, if you have some sort of illness or adverse effect because of the shot, that means the vaccine is working. Whatever it has to do in your body, wherever it has to go, it's doing it. So he must have been right because I got a phone call about two weeks later from one of his staff to tell me that my antibodies, because you create antibodies, were 20. I had 20 antibodies. They don't go higher than 20 in, in evaluating them. And she says, no one in this office, no one, that, and my doctor's a big doctor, he's got a big uh, following, came up with a 20 or the only one. 
so I said, this is terrific. <laughs> uh, it doesn't last, by the way. Uh, the last time I got tested two weeks ago, I was down to a 6.2. My doctor told me your antibodies do fall off, but when you get the booster shot, uh, it'll shoot it back up. Don't worry about it. So I, I didn't worry, but I got my shot finally Saturday. Sunday was I sick. I got to tell you something. I didn't do a blog Sunday or Monday. I couldn't focus Sunday. I could not understand my own notes that I had prepared to do my blog from. I wasn't I wasn't working right. My head wasn't working right, and it had to be the pill. I really couldn't focus. I, I just couldn't put things together, so I went to bed for the day. Tuesday, I was fine. I could focus. The only trouble was on Tuesday, I was totally exhausted. I'm telling you, like I had been digging ditches. I'm just sharing my booster experience. I know many other people have had it. Then in the afternoon... For five or six hours, I began sweating so profusely, I can't tell you the water's pouring off of me. Uh, and then it stopped around 9 o'clock. And today I feel fine. I'm not complaining. But it was wild, my experience after the booster shot. Some people get it. Don't worry about it. It's a good sign. I believe my doctor. Uh, but, boy, it was, i got to tell you, especially when I couldn't focus, it bothered me that I could not put the words together to write. Isn't that amazing? Okay, which now brings me to the Cleveland Clinic, one of the finest uh, hospital complexes in the world. Uh, their, their home seat, their home place, their home where they started is Cleveland. That's why it's the Cleveland Clinic where they have building after building after building, and they're all over the United States. Uh, they're in Miami. They're every place. They're in, I don't know if they're, I'm sorry, not Miami. It's either, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure. It's somewhere, something on the West Coast. It might be Tampa. Naples, I think it's Naples. But they've expanded. They're big, big time, absolute big time. I had my wife, my former wife there once uh, for some hard work. Absolutely amazing people. Anyhow, the Cleveland Clinic announced yesterday, this is big, ladies, it's for you, ladies, what they did, that they are going, are starting trials with a new vaccine, something they have prepared, that hopefully will be a vaccine that will cure or delay it will it will delay death or recurrence of the worst type breast cancer a woman could have it's called triple negative breast cancer i never heard of it but triple negative breast cancer it, it, they haven't got it formulated. They've got something developed. They think it will work. They have put people together, and they're now starting to do their testing. Uh, the hospital administrator who made the announcement said, and I quote, it's the first step. And he meant it as a first step. He indicated this could take years. It could, you know, we're accustomed how quickly they came up with the coronavirus vaccine. This could take years, he said. We don't know. But ladies, uh, there has always been a disproportionate higher number of breast cancer 
deaths and reoccurrences with this triple negative breast, breast cancer, and they believe that this, whatever they're working on, and their tests will, be, will show it will have significantly fewer deaths and significantly fewer recurrences. God bless the Cleveland Clinic. All right, Key West. Key West. We are the home of authors. It is absolutely amazing. Do you realize I, I, there must be 15 or 20 famous authors who have lived here at some time, wrote books here, uh, and they're part of our history. I mean, we all know Hemingway uh, and Tennessee Williams. Well, I, I just want to mention to you that this last week, James Leo Hurley died in California. Now, James Leo Hurley, so to put him in perspective, he may not have, his reputation's big, but the people who are not uh, readers uh, may not be aware of him. He, he, you know, his name is not a reaction to a Hemingway or Tennessee Williams. It's different. But he lived in Key West from 1956 to 1972. Two of his best-known books were made into movies, which were big hits. Midnight Cowboy, you remember Midnight Cowboy? And All Fall Down. And during the time he lived in Key West, 1956 to 1972, who did he hang out with? Tennessee Williams. Isn't that amazing? These two guys who became great writers and wrote while they were here also, partied every night together. Because this is a party town then, it's still a party town. But they tell me it was better back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s as a party town. Anyhow, they partied together. They were buddies. Um, just sharing with you, he was the home of authors. And James Leo Hurley passed on. Uh, which now we're running out of time here. Uh, I wrote a blog this morning. My blog today was about bidets. We're, hand, we're heading into a paper shortage. It has already been announced. Supermarket shelves either are empty of toilet paper and paper towels or they're, the supply is diminishing on and there's fewer, and fewer, fewer of these items that can be purchased. The shelves aren't full. Uh, some stores are limiting you to one package of toilet paper, one package of paper towels. Uh, that's the way it is. Now, I don't know why we always run out of toilet paper. Must be, it's, you know, paper is made from trees, from wood. Uh, it must be it's too expensive to produce this stuff uh, and transport it, etc. Because that's always the first thing that seems to go, toilet paper. And it's already been announced by Christmas. We're going to have big time buying toilet paper. That's why I wrote this blog on bidets solely. Because uh, I use a bidet. I've used a bidet for 30 years. I love bidets. You don't need toilet paper. And it's quick and it's clean. And now you can buy them cheap. They have, and I had one in my house for 23 years, my first house in Key West, for a real one. Uh, I, I'm now renting, and they didn't have uh, a bidet. I wanted to put one in. There's no room. But I noticed last year, all of a sudden, there was for $39.95 a bidet attachment uh, for sale on the internet. 
and you hook it up under the toilet seat, and you take the other end and hook it into the water supply under the box, and you got a bidet, and it works perfectly, okay? And uh, so I wrote this uh, to give a history of the bidet and recommend people. You should look into perhaps purchasing for $39.95. That's the cost of a cheap meal today in Key West. Uh, you can't go wrong because if it's a toilet paper is a necessity. No question about it. Toilet paper is a necessity. Uh, and if you ain't got it, you're in trouble. Uh, I don't have to tell you. Uh, the blog's interesting, too. I gave a history of how man clean, cleansed himself, started with sticks and stones and leaves, and then moved on to whatever. The toilet paper wasn't patented till 1891 by a guy in Albany, et cetera, et cetera. Take a look at today's blog. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's important to know that you may need something like this down the road. So, my friends, that is the show for tonight. Uh, Join me again next week. Till then, thank you and good night.